is programmed to bring you a special report. Hey everybody and hello humans, we are Not A Robot's comic review podcast. I am your humble human Josh and with me today is one of my favorite Canadians and trust me I don't have many. Say hi to Rob. And just, I, I know Canadians get such a, a, a bad rep for being polite, but quite honestly, when it comes to the Super Mario family of characters, fuck Toad in particular. Screw that guy. <laughs> I can't stand that little mushroom head. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the Mario game that we play? Me and my kids. Um, the latest one, it's also got Bowser's Fury on it. Oh yeah, I I know the one you mean. It's uh yeah. there's 3D there's World boards. Like that. Yeah, 3D World, that's what yeah. it is. There's boards on there where you can only use a team of toads. Oh god. <laughs> I can't stand it. It's Mario Kart. I'm be honest. It's Mario Kart that got me this way. Ah, <laughs> uh, got ya. Toad was always like, I I don't know if it's actually in the code, but I find anytime you're playing solo, you'll have like two or three racers at the front and they're like your rivals and they'll always go after you but i find it depending on the character you pick it's usually the same cycle of four or five characters and i always seem to have toad facing me for first <laughs> place and he's always got a bloody red shell i hate that little always guy. oh my Who god does oh you'd be surprised I, 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 I talk about this a lot and i get a lot of toad supporters fighting against me <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. All right, so this week we're taking a look at DC vs. Vampires number one, Batman Long Halloween special number one, Detective Comics 1044, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target number one, Aquaman The Becoming number two, Robin number seven, Wonder Girl number four, and Task Force, well, Task Force C, Ooh. and Deathstroke Inc. number two. Was that a Freudian slip I heard? <laughs> No. <laughs> you, may, you may notice that you don't get to hear the sweet, silky voice of your normal host that's here on the show. Unfortunately, Brandon had some things occur, and he is having to take a tiny break. Mm -hmm. He'll be back soon enough, though, and until then, you are stuck with me. And Rob, of course. Speaking of sticking with me, stick with all of us at Not A Robot. If you aren't visiting notarobotpodcast.com for all of your podcasting needs, you're obviously not checking. You've obviously not checked it out. We have podcasts in every flavor you want. So you can support us through Anchor and Patreon as well for as low as a dollar a month, which is way less than what coffee cup costs per day, even at a gas station. Or petrol for Rob. <laughs> okay, so that's enough about that. Rob, how are things going in your world, my man? It's Any not, new developments, anything? Not, uh, this week, personally, has not been bad. It's, it's raining a lot. A lot of rain. I, I can't wait for the snow, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm your typical Same Canadian. Oh, wait, I love no. the cold. I do not. That's yeah. why I moved away from Michigan. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> hate the cold. Me it's, and the cold have never gotten along. I, it's, it's my <laughs> philosophy is... Cold versus heat, you can always put on more clothes, but you can only take off so many. And you can take off so many and still be sweating constantly. I'm good. I'm I'm as long as the humidity is relatively normal, it doesn't get too high. Um, I'm good in ninety hundred degree weather. If you put me out in Vegas, I am completely comfortable at one fourteen, one sixteen. Oh, 
Fahrenheit, of course, but yeah. it's, it's um, I mean, it's pretty hot for most people, but yeah. I love it. I would not be able to stand that. No I'd be way. I'd be in the hotel in the AC the entire time. <laughs> Walk around all day long like that. But uh, not a lot has happened over here either. My kids just got their first report cards for the year, and yeah. both of them are doing really well. One of them got put in advanced classes, so that's cool. Nice. But other than that, I th- okay, um, I guess that wraps it up for personal shit. <laughs> What's going on out in the comic world? Well, there, there's a an interesting little news story came across my Twitter feed this week uh, that you might have seen Tom Taylor comment on it, and he himself thinks it's really weird. <clears throat> that we all know <laughs> at this point the controversy with his son of kal-el series of john eventually coming out as bisexual i believe next month and just the backlash it got between two different types of people the people that support it and the people that are against it and apparently a member of a brazilian soccer team was completely against it and spoke out against it on twitter and that got him in some hot water with not only his teammates some of whom identify as lgbtq plus but also some of the fans and he got kicked off the team and suspended for 10 games or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. So Tom Taylor's influencing Brazilian sports by writing a Superman comic. <laughs> that's it's, epic. Dude. Yeah. It's, that's, it's a weird one. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to Taylor. He does a lot of good stuff in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, follow his Twitter feed. I'm not going to get into everything, but just like his dad, he's a hell of a cool dude. I have quite the list of comic stuff. I got some plugs and just some general comic information going on. Uh, There's a new book called Phenom X. It just came out. It's from Image. And it is drawn by uh, Chris Batista, who is pretty good. I like his stuff. But it's written by John Leguizamo. Oh, wow. And if sure. you're for anybody that's not familiar with him, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Moulin Rouge, the past. Uh, he's one of the voices in Batman, the audio adventures. Uh, he's in a new cartoon called Fairfax. And of course, where anybody pro- my age probably remembers him. He was Luigi in the original Super Mario Brothers live action movie. Yeah. <laughs> I wish um, that was not one of the only things I knew him by. But <laughs> <laughs> right, but uh, oh, he was also the evil clown in Spawn. Hmm. Really, yep. I did not know that. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. To be fair, I and was like there's... ten years old when I watched that. I really shouldn't have been watching that. But this book is kick ass. I mean, it's amazing. I read it first thing this morning, and you've you've got to go out and check it out, guys. Um, the All Nighter by Chip Zdarsky. That's brand new on Comicsology. That's coming out. It's it's um supposed to be a hell of a good ride. I know with Chip Zdarsky, I am definitely going to be checking it out. That's for sure. Just the name alone makes me curious about what kind of book it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, we've got a project coming up that pulls a lot of different things into it, including The Becoming and Black Manta. It's called Rise of the Aquaman. Ooh. And that is pretty much all the info available about it. And oh, that and that the writers will be Brandon Thomas and Chuck Brown. So that's a hell of a team. I'm sold on that one already. Right? 
No shit. Um, speaking of Aquaman, we found out that the Trench movie that was scrapped, it's not happening anymore, but that was actually supposed to introduce Black Manta into this into the DC universe. Which, honestly, if they'd just been transparent about that to begin with, it might have been picked up more. Right. That's if they wouldn't have called it the Trench, if they, if they would have called it Black Manta and still had the Trench as the the even better guys, yeah. <laughs> it would have, it would have sold as a movie. But I mean, the way that they framed it, the way they did it, that was just a bad idea. But, um, moving on to other film news, yes. Brendan Fraser has been cast in the Batgirl movie as a villain. It's not confirmed, but they are saying that he is going to play Firefly. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for that. That's Garfield Lins as Firefly, right? I always get him and uh, the other one confused. <laughs> the other one? The other Mitch? flying villain. <laughs> oh, uh, the Killer Moth. Killer Moth, thank you, yeah. Which one, right. which one is Garfield Lyons? I want to say it's Firefly. Yeah. I think you might be right. All right, but out of movies... Back to comics. I found out Monkey Prince is definitely going to be making its way to readers in February 22. Um, it's only going to be a 12-issue series, though. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to this because that number zero was a hell of a lot of fun to read. Oh, yeah. And uh, with Gene Lun Yang behind the pencils, it's going to... Or behind the pencil, not pencils. He's not doing art. But <laughs> I I think it's going to be... At least pretty decent. Uh, finally, there is an upcoming anthology book called Gotham City Villains. I'm sure we'll be at least mentioning it and going through it a little bit on the show, but it's coming out. It's a 100-page book. It's going to cover all your normal villains that you expect without the Joker, which I think is a good thing. But the reason why I bring it up is because this book has a penguin catwoman story in it that's going to be drawn or has already been drawn by dan mora and it's written by oh man are you ready for this because if you thought john leguizamo writing a comic book was out there <laughs> writing this penguin catwoman story is no one other than danny devito when you were saying it, I was like, is it Danny DeVito? <laughs> yes, sir. Danny oh, wow. DeVito writing a penguin slash catwoman story. That is pretty fucking cool, man. That is pretty cool. All right. On to the books. Oh, we got, uh, actually got, got one more thing oh. that came across my wire this morning. Uh, there is, I, I want to call it a rumor, but it's a posting for casting for titan season four and the villains coming oh, up yeah? and that is none other than brother blood and mother mayhem oh yeah. interesting so that's that's gonna be an interesting, yeah. interesting so it's scene. gonna get even darker oh yeah <laughs> all right see and the the question i have right now is is red hood just gonna go off of the show because what he did in the show is unforgivable. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, real quick. 
All right, you had your fair warning. Yeah. It is... He he kills Hawk with a bomb. Like, just blows him the fuck up. And I think that's probably pretty unforgivable. And I don't think there's a decent way to reintroduce him to the Titans as a as a good guy or even an anti-hero without the Titans wanting to kick him that kick his ass. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I'm sense. curious if we're gonna lose Red Hood or not. Regardless of whether or not Brandon thinks his mask is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get into the books, Rob? Let's do it. All right. First up we're gonna do a couple in what we call the lightning reviews. The first one is going to be DC versus vamps, you know, DC versus vampires. Uh, I wasn't really expecting much from a DC versus vampire book at all, but right off the back, the idea of a green lantern being able to control light the way they've started this dude, this gives me hope that this could actually be a good book. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm really digging Otto Schmidt's art here. I, you, you, you know, I'm not always his biggest fan, but this is really, really, really good. I'm surprised. And the whole thing, it fits perfectly. Did you get a chance to check that one out? I did. And I am so excited to see Green Arrow drawn by Otto Schmidt again, because I was a huge fan of him during that entire run on Green Arrow. And we only got half a tease of GA poking around <laughs> which made me fearful that maybe he was he was a vampire because they only showed him hiding in the shadows but uh, we'll see I, I i love schmidt's art i've loved it at least since green arrow and i might have loved it before i just can't remember what else i've seen him in um yeah I, i'm sold <clears throat> we we get enough vampire hunter stuff in marvel this time dc has a play right i think we've been there before or maybe it was just zombies Oh, we've had vampires in the DC universe forever. Batman's yeah. fought them a lot. Oh, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Batman, <laughs> yeah. the next one in the Lightning Review is... Oh, speaking of which, I gave DC vs. Vampires uh, 7.75. But uh, the next one up is the Long Halloween special. It's brought to us by the same team that gave us the original 13-issue run and its direct sequel, Batman Dark Victory, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the original story, The Long Halloween, was such an important run that it changed the way Batman was shaped in the books. It also influenced him in all kinds of other media. Uh, It was a big influence on Nolan's Batman movies. In this Long Halloween special, the story picks right back up. It's got all the same players and some new ones, too. Uh, it seems to drop hints that there's going to be a sequel, but I checked and there's nothing confirmed like that yet. Anyway, I I love the original and I really dig this one. I highly recommend it. Buy the trade too for the first ones so that you could read those first, read them in order. And uh, it's out there. I mean, I guess, you know, it's been out there for a while, but there is... Somebody who makes an appearance in the book that you would have assumed would have come much later, but they show up here. So that's all I'm going to put out there. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it, but that's where we're at. 
So I'm yeah, I'm literally telling you to go out and buy three books right now. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Alright, so speaking of Batman, again, let's find out what's happening with Batman right now, shall we? Let's do it. Alright. I'll take the first one, Detective Ten Forty Four. It was written by Mariko Tamaki with our inside and on the cover by Dan Mora and Jordi Belair with Aditya Bidikar on letters. I see Dan Mora more and more, and I love more and more Dan Mora. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dub Donovan is on the case chasing down clues about water quality. That seems unimportant, but to somebody whose hometown is Flint, Michigan, water quality is a real thing you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. That shit was brown for months. Million years. Places. Yeah. It was it was bad. And speaking of which, in this bar, they describe a drink at the very beginning called the Gotham Tap, which I'm assuming they refer to the water because it's so nasty anyway. But the drink is charcoal-infused whiskey with a floating black olive. That's how they describe it. But when they drink it, and the drink is empty, there are two green olives on a pick. Not floating. Not black olives, not floating olives. I just wanted to point that out. You made a (laughs) boo-boo. But anyway, past the bar, Batman and Nakano are still trapped in the sewers under Gotham, and they aren't together. Batman is looking for Nakano, and Nakano is looking at some funky shit growing down there. The same pile of pink goo he saw in the last issue. In the meantime, Nero 19, the guy that tried to kill Nakano, has taken up in the mayor's office, calling it his palace. That is, until Batwoman shows up. Down below, Batman finally finds Nakano, but Nakano turns down his help, at least initially. As Batman tries to convince the mayor that they need to work together, the ooey-gooey slime pink bubbles begin to pop, which was actually them hatching. Tiny, vile parasites. One gets on Nakano's hand and burrows into his skin. As Batman tries to save him, Nakano is overrun with the evil crawfish parasites. Batman, that's what they look like. Crawfish. Crayfish or crawdads. Whatever. They're different areas. Call them different things. But that's what they look like. Like mixed with scorpions or some shit. But Batman sees only one way to save the mayor, and that's to electrify the living daylights out of him with over 10 amps of juice. So, Nakano's dead. (laughs) (laughs) At least for now, but that's not the only problem. Then crawfish buggers have already made their way to the street. So, that's the issue. It, uh... It was a good issue, but honestly, it's going away from what I was going, what I was hoping it was going to be. The whole parasite thing in the book is getting pretty annoying. While it's better than most, it's still the same thing over and over. I'll give it a seven. It's got great art, and the story is okay, but it should be way better. I expect more out of a Batman book. What do you think, dude? Yeah, I'm. I'm also waiting for Vile to move on. The whole story has just been going on a while now, and I think it's time to move on to something else. It's a Detective Comics book. It's not a Batman book, so there's got to be different mysteries. There's different cases, not the same case constantly coming back, and there's no mystery to solve here. 
It's I, I gave it an eight point two five, if only for Dan Moore's art and because this does seem like an epilogue on Vile Story. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's, it's not a really long long. epilogue. Yeah, well, and I mean, at least this this chapter in it. When we get to the end of whatever's going on with these crawdads, then hopefully that's it, and we can actually get back to mysteries. We'll see. Dan Moore is still killing it, though. His art oh, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You yeah. can't take that away. Like I said, more and more of Mora. But I still, I'm I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. There's there's really no point to it. Like Rob said, it's a detective book. If you're going to keep Batman as the main character in the detective comics, then what you need to do is have him be a detective. Or if you can't do that, kick him out and have a, have a rotating cast of the other Bat crew, Huntress, Batwoman, etc. No, it doesn't but, even um, have to be in Gotham. There's detectives all over the DC universe. Right? Yeah. Right? Renee Montoya? That, that'd be freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. I would love to see a detective comic story featuring Elongated Man. There you go. Detective Chimp. There you Somebody go. See, else. there's a lot of different ideas. They there's could throw so them all together, do a rotating thing, and, uh, anything but irrelevant shit. I'd yeah. be happy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, from down in the sewers to way up in the air, what's this all about Arkham Rising, Rob? Oh, this this was interesting. So this was from writer Stephanie Phillips with art by David Lapham, colors from Trish Mulvihill, and letters by Rob Lee. Years ago, when Arkham was first being built, the lead builder went a little crazy and killed the entire crew while reciting what sounds like something out of Edgar Allan Poe. He ended his tirade by smashing his head against the window. And now in the present, Marinacano has pledged to build Arkham Tower to replace the now defunct Arkham Asylum. Plus it's now in the middle of the city. That's one way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Bruce tries intervene tries to intervene on naming it after Arkham, as the whole city seems to agree with him. During Nakano's press conference, every reporter was questioning all the the fear that the city holds for the Arkham name and why it needs to be named that. But Nakano was very strict on the naming of Arkham Tower. But later that night, the building crew at the new tower hears something in another room, which was odd because they're supposed to be alone. They find one of their crewmates bashing his head against a wall, much like the builder from the past. He then turns and attacks his fellow builders as Batman swoops in to save them. As I said before, this this one to me is interesting. This is more of a mystery. <laughs> like this, I mean, I'll definitely give you that. Yeah. This is the kind of thing I look for in tech, and I know I just said I, I wouldn't mind seeing more characters, but at the end of the day, Batman is still a detective, and there is... A, air of a mystery here like what's yeah. the connection to the past why is the name arkham so like there's questions to be answered and there's going to be a detective trying to answer them so that's what i look for in this book not a villain from the previous story arc just coming back for some reason right the art i really enjoyed i i'm digging this story stephanie phillips i think is crafting a, a good tale it's an 8.5 for me i kind of wish this was the main story to be honest with you it, it would actually probably be better in that main story mm-hmm. because I feel like there's just not a whole lot here. It's of course it suffers from being a setup issue. You've got to introduce it, but I mean, it wasn't bad, but there just wasn't a lot to me. 
the potential for it is cool though mm-hmm. we get we could be looking at a whole new slew of crazy villains new evil doctors calling it arkham tower i well okay so at the same time i want to say that that's really unoriginal but also i mean there's really not else they could have gone with title wise that that wouldn't sound cheesy or not fit the gotham brand you know what i mean Gotham City Mental Health Hospital for the Criminally Insane doesn't exactly roll off the lips. No. <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound menacing either. But uh, it, it looked good. It really did. There's just not a whole lot of meat here. It's pure setup. But uh, because of that, it's getting a 7 out of 10 for me. And that gives the whole book a 7. Um, it was decent enough and looked really good, like always. But. For me, the stories didn't do a whole lot. I am, I'm excited about where Arkham Rising could lead to, but you know, I don't have any, I don't have any proof it's going to be good yet. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so I had an eight point two five and an eight point five, and I I rounded up. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I gave it an eight point five for the whole book. The art for me really saved it, and yeah. I'm really interested in Arkham Rising potential for sure mm-hmm. but uh that's enough of the grime it's island time <laughs> robin number seven was written by joshua williamson with art from gleb melnikoff max dunbar and Luis guerrero with the cover from simone de mayo and a larger world studios troy Petiri give us those letters so we started up right where things started to go down. Damien is reading the book and Respawn attacks him from behind. Seems Respawn has a major problem with Robin, saying that Robin will pay for what he's done to him. But Damien doesn't know who he is. Again, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Damien gets the upper hand by trying to re- take Respawn's mask off of him. And Respawn's so against it that he bows out of the fight nearly i mean he just stops fighting and goes to save the mask and he says no one can see my face until and then boom robin kicks him off the cliff that they were fighting on (laughs) so uh second act mother soul and her two minions disciples uh gardeners i don't know Uh, Anyway, Robin had read enough of the book to know what was going on here. Mother Soul is Ru al Ghul, Soul of the Demon, and Raish al Ghul's mother, making her Damien's great-grandmother. So he also finds out that the island where they are having the death tournaments is, of course, more than they thought. People who die on the island do not stay dead. And that's because the island had Lazarus pits in it, and they seeped into the island itself. Now, whatever entity or whatever that the island has become, it wants a whole bunch of violence, but we're told it also needs a whole lot more death. The winner of the tournament will be given eternal life. It turns out, though, that it's going to be in servitude to Mother Souls. Speaking of which, the tourney itself is down to the final four. Robin, Ravager, Livewire, and Connor Hawk. Robin kills Flatline to win his match, and Ravager died at the hands of Hawk. Next issue, Hawk versus Robin, round two. 
dude, this is a really crazy book. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> so I, good. I love every second of it. How many more issues of this are there? Is this just an ongoing? I think it's an ongoing. I, I've heard of at least up to issue 10. What issue was this? Six? Uh, seven. Seven, yeah. So I, I've at least seen a solicitation for issue 10, and I think that's past the whole tournament saga. So, Hopefully it's an yeah. ongoing, man. As I am flat out saying, like, what needs to happen here is that this keeps on going, and it doesn't stop until he changes his name, and then you just roll with that in another book. Yep. <laughs> because I, Damien by himself is carrying a hell of a story. I like it, and I want to see more. Yeah. And then if Damien changes his name, you can give this book to Tim. And Tim can have go. a book again. <laughs> there you go. Tim needs to get his own identity that isn't a duck, too. <laughs> yeah honestly yeah. the the whole book is super good the whole run has been super good the story and the art the art is fucking amazing and the voice for Damien I think is probably the best part mm-hmm. it, it fits him so fucking well I, I, I love it I gave this an 8.75 out of 10 I, that's I gave it an 8.75 out of 10 also it's just such a good book and what you say about the voice is so true that this he's he's around what 13 going on 14 soon now right so i don't know somewhere in there somewhere in there yeah we haven't gotten it confirmed since the omniverse smashed up i don't think yeah but he's in that area and the voice that they've given him compared to you think the voice he had in like super sons or even before that is much more grown up and this this is definitely a turning point in the character and yeah. it's a more grown-up voice and he's not getting, just saying t- yeah he's he's getting more of an adult view on the world which is just very interesting to see considering the timing of all and it, it's yeah it's just written so beautifully and the imagery i think with hawk and robin if you think about even the birds a hawk and a robin how big a hawk is compared to a robin even the color scheme is fairly accurate. <laughs> it's right. just fantastic. <laughs> it's going to so be a hell of a fight between the two of them, and yeah. I am curious to see what Damien is going to be doing because yeah. we know that Batman is leaving Gotham, and I believe it's to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. I think. So what Damien, what's Damien's role going to be in Gotham? Is he going to go back? Will he be the one that puts on the suit? That's if that he would even be, goes back I mean, to Gotham. That's if he goes back to Gotham. But that would be odd to have a 14-slash-15-year-old in the Batman suit. But it's, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, I don't think. No, that's happened before in yeah. DCs and probably in other places. Yeah, he was a little bit older in DCs, but still. Yeah. All right, guys, from island to ocean, Rob is going to take us through the first of a new seven-issue series featuring Aquaman and Green Arrow. Take it away, Rob. All right, so this is Deep Target from writer Brandon Thomas, art by Ronan Cliquet, colors by Ulysses Areola, and letters from Josh Reed. Years ago, a shadow organization cracked the key to time travel and how to do it quickly. And over the years, they performed different tests and studies going back to prehistoric ages. 
While always successful, the leader caught an issue during one excursion. Now in the present, Green Arrow is on a boat, picking up some scuba gear in the Atlantic Ocean. He dives into Atlantis and takes out a couple of guards using torpedo arrows, now making it to the throne room where he is met by Aquaman, and he's immediately shooting arrows at him. Aquaman blocks and shows he's actually Oliver Queen, and then Green Arrow removes his hood, and it's Arthur Curry under there. Ah, to what calm... is happening? Right? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and while trying to calm Arthur down, Oliver tries to explain this wasn't his doing, but Arthur's not really having any of that. They need to work together to figure it out, though. Arthur eventually believes him after a brief skirmish and testing his abilities with a sonic arrow, which nearly shatters Ollie's eardrums. Their bodies may have switched, but so has their experiences. Their new bodies are not fully used to everything the original has done. Though together, they make their way to the surface and meet the duo that gave Arthur the scuba gear. One is very excited to meet Aquaman, while the other one is communicating with someone on a phone. Then someone happens to be the leader of the Shadow Organization, who, after that issue and that excursion, is now part dinosaur. Yeah, what? That was a bit of a twist. <laughs> so I, when... Bit of a twist. <laughs> but a twist. You, you get to that part. I, I got to that part in the issue where they reveal their faces. And I was like, mm-hmm. hold up. And I went to the cover. And even the cover, their faces are shrouded in shadow. And I think even on the cover was a big feckin' hint. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. like, I, that's, that's, all, that's Ollie in the armor. And that's Arthur under the hood. Even on the cover. And the beards kind of give it away. But you never really notice that. I, this yeah, is it kind just... of gives it away a yeah. little bit. I mean, knowing after the fact, I can go back and see it. But I don't think it would necessarily stand out to anybody just looking at it. Because they no. are so similar in appearance. I spent a lot of time looking at that cover before the issue came out. Because I loved it so much. The imagery and the, the color scheme, it, the art style, really I think it was great. And I never clicked that maybe they were switched bodies. I don't know. Either way, this uh, this feels like an Elseworlds in a way. It's probably not main continuity, but we'll see. It's not like these two got anything else going on. <laughs> I, uh, we got Rise of the Aquaman coming up, but that might be a ways off. Oh, maybe, yeah. But, you know, Ollie's not going to be involved. I, I say Ollie's not got much going on, but I forget. He's leaving the Justice League right now. And I think he's in that other book Bendis is writing that I'm not reading. So Check to me, Ollie's <laughs> not doing much. <laughs> but uh, the, the subtle I costume think, changes I think with well. Batman, I think with Bruce Wayne losing his money, if I'm not mistaken, Oliver is funding both the Justice League and Checkmate. He's funding Checkmate too. Just how much money does this guy have? Queen Industries. He's yeah. he He was almost as rich as Bruce Wayne. Now That's he's true. the richest. That's fair. That's crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, if you study the the costumes as well, though, with the switch bodies, the subtle changes, I think, are brilliant. You can see right away that Ollie's Aquaman armor is all green now. Mm-hmm. But not only that, the, the arrow suit has a bit of a trident in it instead of an arrow point. Yes, sir. It's pretty cool. Well, it works on the arrow it. point, too, but it is wicked looking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this story. It was an 8.75 for me. I, hell, I'll even give it a 9. It was just so good. <laughs> I, yeah. I just really missed reading both of these characters. 
I can't agree more. It was a really good book. What is Scorpio? Who's in charge of it? I mean, wasn't Leviathan supposed to take out all the secret agencies? It seems like all it did was create a void for a whole lot more to come in. <laughs> yep. But this this issue was fun and it promises to be even more. Not to mention how great the illustration is here. I am completely in for issue two. And I am I am un- unsure if this is going to relate to the main universe at large. Uh, we didn't think Black Manta was going to, and here we have quite the tie-in to everything that's going on. Jackson's Hide the Becoming is tied in, speaking of which, we'll be covering that in a little bit. But it's 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 all being grouped in together, man, and it's I like it. I love it because it's what DC promised us. And we don't have to go read that Black Manta book to get into Rise of the Aquaman or The Becoming. They're, these are these. I think DC is doing it right. They're weaving everything in together, without making you have to go buy every book. You go out and buy the ones you want to, and that's pretty wickedly awesome. Mm-hmm. Completely opposite from Marvel. It's like, yeah, we are gonna need you to read eleven books a week at four to five dollars a piece. Bite yeah. me. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you, Heroes Reborn. Right. Last this year whatever (laughs) (laughs) it um yeah i gave it an 8.5 so i i really enjoyed this one man all right we are not done with our ocean dwellers yet stay with us and we will get into that and more so after these messages we'll be right back now, back to our program. All right, we're back. You're back. Let's finish up our comic stack. As promised, we are still in deep waters. Walk us through them, Rob. All right, so this Aquaman to Becoming number two is from writer Brandon Thomas, art by Diego Orlotegui and Skylar Petridge, colors from Adriano Lucas, and letters by And World Design. Jackson is in deep not just deep ocean he's in it (laughs) yes sir (laughs) and after being ambushed by atlantean guards he gets a chance to fight them off ever so beautifully and elegantly and escapes 45 minutes later two atlantean guards arrive at mira's chambers to search for jackson and question her about his whereabouts they grill her but she's strong-willed and adamant she knows nothing about jackson after taking no nothing john snow (laughs) (laughs) after taking her to an interrogation room she insists on seeing evidence and the guards give very little to go on apart from an image of jackson activating a device mirror is still not convinced because images can be doctored and after being left alone mirror gets the chance to escape herself with baby andy in tow we then go back should be in her hands don't you think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry that, i've been oh, spending a lot of time with my kids the jokes is, just have to spill up that's fair I, i'll <laughs> be doing it soon too i can't wait <laughs> it, it reminded me just now of a story i will share with you because it's a bit graphic <laughs> i'll share with you after the show all right uh, i'll tell i'll tell you before i'll tell you now though one of my favorite things to do to my kids i mess with them all the time my older one, the eight-year-old, is he's pretty good at picking it up now. Like, he smells it when it's coming, but I get him sometimes. 
but my five-year-old and when he when the older one was younger i'd say stuff like hey dude you dropped your pocket or oh yeah or you got skin on your ear (laughs) that that kind of stuff oh it cracks me up every time yeah Mm -hmm. your epidermis is showing (laughs) he's like reach up and and grab the ear but my favorite one my favorite one and any dads out there listening or 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 moms or uncles aunts anybody that's around kids this is hilarious all right mm-hmm. so you you take that person whoever whatever kid you're doing it with and you rub it you tell them to rub your jaw like from the bottom of your jawbone up to your ear back and forth and you say something like yeah, you refer to your dog jaw, and everybody is going to ask what the hell a dog jaw is. So you take the person, and you have it rub up and down your ear by your lower jaw, up to your ear, back and forth, and then you'll be like, no, just a little bit further back, and they'll move and do it, and that's when you go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes, I get adults with it, too, it's Fucking funny. <laughs> oh. oh man. That one will make somebody pee their pants. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. Oh, I, got, I gotta remember that one. <laughs> oh, okay, so back under C we then go back to twenty minutes after Jackson escaped, and he had been at Mira's chambers before the guards were there. Mira gave him an escape route out of there and a promise to help him as well as what I think was a Justice League communicator. They were very vague about that. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah. He heads to the surface and finds a boat called the Sentinel to hide in. And Mira also heads to the surface to find Jackson's mother, who was herself apprehended by Atlantean guards, but escapes after she sees someone chasing them. She pursued, but that person got away. She did seem to recognize them, though. And now together in a safe house, Mira and Jackson's mother try to figure out what's going on while we then see Jackson in the boat, passed out in a pool of blood. No bueno. So here's what I'm thinking. I forgot to mention, with Robin, we fucking called it again. (laughs) So I'm going to call this again. Does Jackson have a sibling? Perhaps. Nobody knows about, except maybe his mother. It could totally be possible because yeah. it could be it could be his mother. It could be uh, it could be from Black Man to himself. Yeah, we just don't know. There, there's a lot of Zebel talk going on, which I think is gonna bring about some shit. Yeah, uh, but this book, nine out of ten, honestly, it's beautiful to look at as it is to read. Some of the imagery was just amazing. I mentioned that that beautiful escape Jackson did with that two-page spread, I think it was, of him just going from guard to guard, taking them out until he gets to the last one, and there's that look of shock in his face. It was just beautiful. The art is fantastic. Orlitegui and Patricia are doing great work, and Brandon Thomas, I think, is writing a great story. Everywhere he's at right now, Mm -hmm. he is knocking it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited for Rise of the Aquaman. Uh Uh-huh. And Chuck Brown, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Kite Man. 
Not that Chuck Brown. No. <laughs> Good man. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious as to where this story is going to go. Or is this just a PR stunt? I know it's getting into Rise of the Aquaman, but I am desperately hoping that it's not just something that stays within the Aqua universe, you know, like the Batman verse. I hope it does spill out into the larger thing. Um, helping Jackson Hyde's progression. I can say this because Brandon's not here. <laughs> helping Jackson Hyde's progression into becoming a member of the Justice League and the new Aquaman. Because, I mean, honestly, we need to freshen shit up a bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's about time, and these are the perfect people to do it with. I gave it an 8 out of 10, man. It was really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sold too. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> uh, we have been deep, deep down underwater for a while now. Let's shoot way, way up and talk to the gods. No, I'm not talking about taking psychedelics. I'm talking about <laughs> Wonder Girl, number four. <laughs> pretty psychedelic in its own right. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Written by Joel Jones, with art from Jones and Adriana Melo. Cover by Jones and Jordi Belair, and letting, lettering from Pat Brussel. We are at Chiron's home, and he is training Yara, and surprise, she's quick to anger. In fact, Yara was given access to the full breadth of the gods, learning from arrows and a sword, even a sword made by Hephaestus. Her biggest challenge here was trying to mount a Pegasus. <laughs> and it's still not... She, she Okay, so it goes to night one, one night. and that's She's exhausted. She takes off. She goes for a walk. Uh, finally, the Pegasus lets her touch him. The next day, she rides him to practice after naming him Jerry. So... He starts off stubborn. <laughs> uh, shortly after, Hera offers the chance to stay on Olympus as a god. Yara says she needs to go back to Brazil before she could do that. And that's what she does. She hangs with Zhao, then wanders, wanders off and meets a mysterious woman named Potira. And we'd seen her before in the future state. She sticks Yara's hand in green water. It seems like she knows Yara from before, whenever that might have been. Unless she's referring, like, being in... Maybe she's somebody that can exist in different states of time. I'm not sure. But after her green water trip, Artemis and Cassie show up. Artemis starts giving her a dressing down because one of them siding with the gods would definitely tip the scales of power uh, towards the gods' favor. And uh, Cassie convinces her to let Yara think about it after warning her to be careful about her ambitions. So next we see Yara as she approaches Hera to drink the ambrosia, the nectar of the gods that would change Yara forever. She's in her future state outfit, and we see her raise the chalice to her lips. But we do not see her actually drink it. So what happens next? I have no idea. I'm still, and I can't see this changing, but I am still in love with this art. And the story of of Yara Floor and where this can go is, it's just a yes. Uh, this caught me off guard, but I can't help to wonder where this is going to go. Is this how she's able to come back down and be Wonder Woman? 
this it has the potential to be wickedly awesome or just a plain bad idea if it gets too intricate or drawn out or boring or pointless it's going to be just like the last wonder woman run so the un the uncertainty of it it drops a score for me just a bit so i'm giving this one a 7.5 uh I, I definitely agree with where you're going with that. Because for me, it's kind of already going that way. I thought the timeline of this book was a little confusing and jumpy. Where she was in Chiron's home, and then she was down on Earth, and then she was met by Artemis and Cassie, and then she was up in God Realm again, just all of a sudden. And there was no... Like, okay, I'll be back. It's just, she was there, and that was it. And it was it was kind of hard to follow a couple of times. I guess she just went back for, like, her one last goodbye. Yeah. Not that she said goodbye to anybody. She but didn't. she, she you know, <laughs> went went and spent a little bit of time with them. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, it's still a beautiful book to look at. The art is just beautiful still, I think. It's really, really good. I was disappointed when Artemis and Cassie showed up because I was expecting a brawl, but there wasn't. And Cassie seemed a little diplomatic almost about this when I didn't think she would have that understanding to do so yet. Yeah, it's kind of not her style, really. Yeah. But And th- this whole situation is new territory for everyone involved, so how would she even know to even go in the diplomatic sense, let alone be diplomatic in the first place. Well, she was looking for Yara Floor, and she knows Artemis wants to kick her ass. I don't know exactly what she's supposed to do with Yara Floor, but, uh, you know, I think Yara is pretty lucky Cassie talked Artemis out of kicking her ass. Because yeah. <laughs> she definitely would have. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, Artemis, I think, wants to kick everyone's ass. Yeah, that's kind of her thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still excited for the future. I'll be optimistic about it. I, I gave it an 8.5, if only for the art. I I just really hope there's a good direction for this. You and I me both. I really do. Because I really like this character. I really like the story. I really like this team. I know what I'm looking for. I, I don't guarantee that it'll be happening, but... Yeah, there's so many directions it could go. It's there's so many questions in the air, and I just hope the right ones happen. Mm-hmm. You can say that again. But uh, that's it for those that live forever. How about we get over to some that certainly did not. In a weird new world, you need weird new tactics, I suppose. So, you know, what do you know about this, Rob? Wait, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Task Force Z, my man. Okay. I I thought you were going there, but to be honest with you, I got a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it could fit Deathstroke game. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Task Force uh, Z. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will admit defeat, because I, I if you saw it on Twitter, I made a Twitter poll to end the debacle once and for all. Is it Z or Z? And friggin' Matthew Rosenberg came in and ended the debate once and for all. And I can't argue with the writer of the book. 
he says Z unless they go to Canada or the UK. So if they do, I'm calling a task force Z. But for now, task force Z. As weird as it is to say. Oh, this Rosenberg's, is from... Rosenberg's going to schedule a trip to Toledo just for you. Or not Toledo, <laughs> Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Toledo, Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, so this is from, as I said, writer Matthew Rosenberg with art by Eddie Barrows, inks by Eber Ferreira, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters from Rob Lee. The team of Task Force Z is in pursuit of Crazy Quilt. That's right, you heard me, Crazy Quilt. He yeah, has what a fucking name, Jesus. Right? When I saw it, I was like, is that fucking Crazy Quilt? That, no, it's not Polka Dot. That, that's fucking Crazy Quilt. And then they crazy said, Crazy Quilt. It's fucking is Crazy Quilt. <laughs> he can sit around with Condon King. Yeah. Oh, he probably he has. I'm sure. Some of these Crazy villains, man, man, they just need to King. leave them back in there. Oh, just... You know, it's like bringing back Polka Dot Man for the Suicide Squad movie. I didn't yeah. mind that at all, but you no. can make Polka Dot Man do stuff. What the fuck are you gonna do with Condiment King, or <laughs> Qu- whatever this dude's name is, King I... Quilt or whatever the hell? Like at least with Condiment King, you know what you're getting. You're getting <laughs> sticky, and you're getting some delicious condiments. But Ketchup crazy quilt? Are you just getting That's... comfortable? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to snuggle you to death. Oh, goodness. I, just, I, I know I read up on this character, but I still don't completely understand him. Anyway, <laughs> he has information, this shadow organization, and I don't remember if it's been named needs the the one that task force z is a part of and after man bat nearly eats him twice red hood gets the lot back to base gobble gobble back there after a brief introduction to the mysterious hannah hobart which i think has a bit of a connection to poison ivy for some reason jason gets shown the process Mm. of interrogation crazy quilt is chained up in a white room while arkham knight gets put in too as she inches closer to Quilt, she gets more and he gets more and more nervous as Jason gets more and more angry. He demands they call the night off just as Quilt spills the beans. Now it's time for the next mission that Crazy Quilt has given out. Uh, Jason is joined by Bane, Manbat, Arkham Knight, and Mr. Bloom. According to Quilt, some small-time crooks have been using Arkham escapees to run a smuggling operation and they need to break it up. Jason also demands no killing. It's funny, I missed the word no. I just wrote, Jason also demands killing. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> that tracks. As they arrive, Bloom reiterates that he isn't dead, and he's just there to make up for his crimes, which I think is very interesting. When they enter the building, mm-hmm. the crooks are joined by Mr. Freeze, and they also have the Lazarus resin that's keeping the team alive. Knight and Manbat proceed to kill instantly while bane goes for freeze but gets himself frozen solid Manbad takes his turn to freeze but is also frozen and has his head removed and freeze freeze then bowls it towards bane and shatters him to pieces knight Poor goes bane. next but her feet are frozen and her, her feet are frozen not her freet and her hood <laughs> and hood uses that to get close to mr freeze he cracks freeze's helmet but that lets freeze push him away Jason, now backed into a corner, uses some kind of shockwave device to drop a shelf of crates on Freeze, but that cracks his containment suit, which then explodes, causing a wave of ice to freeze everything. 
As Jason struggles to get up, the Arkham Knight is slowly crawling towards him, and she looks hungry. Like, really hungry. Really hungry. Like, the only <laughs> thing you can see is her mouth, and I don't really understand why. I think they're trying to drive the point home that she's hungry. She's, yeah, but... She's she worse had, than hungry, she's angry. Helmet, I thought. Unless they need to feed her that way, I guess. Okay, I'm just getting in my own head now. Anyway... <laughs> This is a very interesting idea, I think. I'm curious to see where this goes. Yep, I, me too. I Honestly, I could see this being a lot like Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad. This this could have a new team in each issue. Because this team looks pretty fucking dead. Man Bat doesn't have a head. <laughs> Bane is in pieces. To shreds, you say. And Mr. <laughs> Bloom may or may not be out of commission for good. And Arkham Knight's only half the person she used to be. So, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> they, they, More zombies. They're, they're still even a member of the team they advertised that we have not seen, and Sundowner was not yeah. in this issue. So, who knows? There could be more. Maybe they'll find a way to stitch these people together. <laughs> <laughs> the, the art has the right level of horror, too, that I feel it flows perfectly. There's, there's perfect shadowing going on. And just the the drooling is vicious, dead looks in everyone's eyes, except for Jason. He might be dead on the inside, who knows? <laughs> that tracks too. Yeah. <laughs> um fuck, I just yeah, no, he's technically a zombie too. So yeah, this is the perfect person to lead this team. Uh yeah, this is an eight out of ten for me. I I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm uh what's the word? Uh I'm not apprehensive. I'm just I'm cautious to see where it goes. It it right. could go in the second issue in a very different direction. That's just not fun at all. But so far, I like what I see. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I that cover, dude. That was pretty wicked looking. Oh yeah, I loved that. And I just like with the vampires. I wasn't going into this expecting much. Be uh, yes, I love Red Hood, but I'm just not a fan of the whole comic horror crossover like a horror comic's fine but i've never really enjoyed the dc superheroes versus the evil dead however whatever form they take but this one i mean the the inks and the colors they were everything i needed for this book jason todd dealing with these mindless criminals these zombies it was they didn't have a lot of dialogue with the exception of Jason and that just sold it too. I really, I really liked it. I hope this one stays the course, man. Uh, I gave it an 8.5. That was, that was pretty wicked, man. It was a great book. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I dig it. Yes, sir. All right, so there is one final journey to take before we wrap the show up all the way out into space with characters you would never assume you would find in space. And no, I'm not talking about Wonder Twins Monkey Gleek. I'm talking about Deathstroke, Inc. Written by Joshua Williamson. This is issue number two, by the way. With art inside and out from Howard Porter and Hi-Fi with Steve Wands bringing in the letters. We start this issue out with our little team of trust. It. <laughs> Deathstroke, Black Canary, and Hero, the Toy Man 2.0, are in space with what was supposed to be an, er, an easy mission. Uh, investigate a space station that had been compromised. 
So after fighting their way inside, they find Cyborg Superman. Can, can, can I take a second here and just say, dude, I wish they would come up with a different name for that guy. I was thinking that too when I was reading it. Like, he's been around for decades now, and it's just Cyborg Superman. Like, <laughs> it's, come on now. You can you can do better than that. Yeah. Maybe they can't. Clown Hunter. <laughs> but just call it as you see it. That's it. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Stick with what works for you. <laughs> But um, anyway, he's there with The Weird. And no, I am not being lazy with it. That is actually the name of the guy that he is there with. He's all wired up as a power source, of course. He is not a new character. We first saw him in his own title way back in 1988. So The Weird is made up of and has control over energy and lots of it. His whole kind is like that. Uh, They've been unfortunately hunted and used as energy sources by other races and that's how the weird ended up near us and going back to the story after quite the fight Slade and Slade trying out a new method of hacking which is slicing electronics in half that they defeat the cyborg superman and release the weird that's not apparently an issue though because they don't detain him Uh, It turns out that the space station wasn't random, it belongs to Trust, and it's sending out a message over and over out in space. Stay away, Earth is ours. The comms open up, and they're told that they need to get back from Earth by the boss lady. Deathstroke and Canary are told they are going to go after one Barbara Minerva, a.k.a. the Cheetah, because she needs to answer for her crimes while on the Legion of Doom. The problem? Cheetah is somewhere in a paradise in a huge remote castle being praised as the queen. A death stroke in space? <laughs> I don't think that's something I had ever considered when thinking of Slade Wilson. Nope. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, this is the last cover was amazing. This one was crazy. It was really bright and powerful, and it reminded me of, like, a 90s X-Men comic cover. It was a a little over the top. Do you think that the rest of these books are going to be presented the same way? They're they're so so bright and colorful. Did you pick up how, like, I can't come up with a different word for it, like, eye-popping bright that this shit was? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. It was kind kind of a funny story when I was thinking about the art. Because I forgot when I went into the second issue who the creative team was. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the first issue and what I saw in this issue. And this is after I'd read it. So it's like the, the next day. I was thinking, who would be great on this book? Howard Porter. And then I went back. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. He's, he's actually drawing it. I was right. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So, no, I, I think he's a great fit. And I think... Yeah, I think it's going to be eye-popping in every issue. It's going to be just crazy. The art is flat-out pretty to look at, man. The story was enough to keep me intrigued a bit, but, I mean, Howard Porter and Hi-Fi, you can't mistake the art style, but where I am usually not a fan of Howard Porter, this book was done really well. And it's it's double surprising because the art is so very busy in this book. It is incredibly cluttered, but it works. Yeah. Uh, I 
I can't say for sure whether this is going to be a good or bad run yet, though. And that's my problem with it. So I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Fair enough. This is a 7 issues mini, or? I want to say yes. Yeah. Somewhere. It's definitely a mini series. 6 or 7 issues, whatever. So. I, I so far at least two issues in I don't see it being a bad run right now especially since we have a hint at where issue three is going it looks like it's going to be another zany adventure with just an odd cast of characters let's and see where it, it goes it yeah. worked out for Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad circling back to that yeah um yeah so I, I I'm sold on it I think all the way through I think it could only maybe drop off a bit near the end when we finally get to what Trust is up to. Mm -hmm. If it even gets there. It looks like this could just be a fun book of of Hero, Deathstroke, and Black Canary going around saving the day on on Wacky Adventures, which is a book that DC pumps out every so often with a rotating cast of people. And I think it always works, but then it falls off way too soon because people get tired of it. So to have this idea as a 60-shoe mini is probably the right way to go. And just have these crazy Cartoon Network style adventures in a miniseries and just have this cast, I think is a good idea. I, I don't think it'll get old in the time it has. Oh, and it's definitely going to be tying into the the you know the main universe at large because there's so many cross plays between well, Black Canary especially. Yeah. But um, all right, man, that's it for the books. Now it is our time. What is your top three and favorite moment, Rob? Okay, so for me, my top three, I had a hard time picking this one. but I did too. At least the order. I knew what my top three were, but I had a hard time setting the order. So I, I set it, so number three I put Robin. Mm-hmm. Just a fun book, we all know. It, it has. I don't think it's had a bad issue yet. And I don't think it will. <laughs> Not, <laughs> knock on some wood. Uh, number two, I had Deep Target. It just sold me. I I love both these characters. I love, and somebody will slap me, the B-level Justice League characters. I uh, think they're the uh, There's most nothing fun. wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody might slap me, calling them B-characters. Some people oh, might consider right. them A-tier. Uh, but I, I personally believe these are B-tier characters, and I love them. They're some of my favorite characters in the DC Universe. Yeah, they're presented like B-characters. Yeah. And number one, I had Aquaman the Becoming, which I think is just fun. I love Jackson Hyde. I've I've loved the idea of Jackson Hyde since he was like first created years ago, mm-hmm. and I've been following him ever since. And to see him be- becoming—it's not a pun, but hey, it's a pun. Uh, what he <laughs> is very soon, I think, is very excited. And the yeah. art style is just beautiful. So that's my number one book. And my best moment this week, honestly, the most shocking for me was Ollie and Arthur reveal their switched identities. I just didn't see that coming. Nope, me either, man. And that's my favorite moment, too. I was like, what? I did not see that coming. I didn't catch that on the cover. Totally blew my mind. So I am sharing that one with you. Now, as far as my top three goes, I had a clear and present number one. But my number two and number three... And I had a number four. I I was. It took me forever to figure out what those were going to be, and then I even changed it 
<laughs> but um, because of that, uh, these are my top three. Number three went to Deep Target. It is a new series, but there are big promises, and I'm I'm down. I can't wait to see more of this. Number two, I gave to Task Force Z. Sitting back and reading this is just a shit ton of fun, and it makes it makes me think that this is exactly how Jason Todd would handle this situation. You know, it's 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 just done really good. And number one is going to Robin. This book should probably go on forever, like I said before. And when he changes his name, just keep it going. It'll it'll work. It worked for Nightwing. Just do it. Just do it. Number four was gonna be it was Aquaman the Becoming. Uh, it's a really good book, and it took me a lot of back and forth before I landed on my order there. Again, we shared the favorite. Same favorite moment. But, guys, that is enough of being nice. I'm just kidding. Those books deserve to be there. But what about the rest? Oh, God, what is that smell? Who made your stink out of day, Rob? Now, I... Oddly enough, I I, I don't have two, but I have two. But that's, that's only because I have one in terms of the scores I've given... But I have one in just how I feel about the books this week. Now, in terms of scores given, is Task Force Z. But I oh, wow. don't think that's right. All right. So which one do you think deserves to be on your shit list? That, and I, I if I followed your scores correctly, I think it's the same book, is Detective Comics this week. It's just a little too dull. It only got a higher score because of the art and the backup. But I think overall as an issue... Task Force Z definitely deserves a higher spot than Detective Comics this week. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, so Detective Comics is my biggest stinker, which I'm disappointed about because that, just as an idea, is one of my favorite books of all time. Even through all the the rotating writers and artists and, and stories we get through, the idea of that book is great to me. I love mysteries, I love detective stories, and I just wish Detective Comics gave us detective stories. You and me both. And frankly, I'm starting to get upset here. I find myself having to repeatedly put my Batman books on the shit list because it has been coming out with very mediocre results. Over the course of the last few issues of both Batman and Detective, as a matter of fact, obviously my biggest stinker here is the same as Rob's. I'm tired of the vile story, and we really, really need to move on from it. The backup about Arkham Tower was better than the main story, and that should not be the case as well. It's just sad and depressing. I even used brown font on this one. (laughs) And there is no point to put Fear State on the cover, because I don't think this has any ties to Fear State. Not really, no. Not, not, Not at all. But, um... All right, last but not least, we've got our... Dump list. And this week, that includes Checkmate and Harley Quinn. Next week on the show, we are going to be talking about Icon and Rocket, Batman with a backup about Batgirl, Swamp Thing, Tom Taylor's new one, Dark Knights of Steel... Teen Titans Academy number seven, Arkham City, the Order of the World number two, because it is in universe. Human Target number one, we got to check that one out. Even though it's Tom King, it is Human Target, so I got to put peeps on that, man. 
We also have the Batman Superman The Authority special number one. And Mr. Miracle number six, which is the final issue. So I can't wait to see how this one jumps up on it. On next week's dump list, we have Batman Reptilian, Crush and Lobo, Soul Plumber, and American Vampire 76. That's not because they suck. It's because they're not tied into the universe. I actually can't recommend all four of those books enough. Uh, except for maybe Crush and Lobo. You gotta kind of love Crush and Lobo to make that book work for you. Yeah. But that is it, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in, listening to us ramble bullshit and tell you all about how we feel about the comics. Remember to go ahead and swing on over to notarobotpodcast.com. You can get all of our podcasts there. And swing us a dollar or two on Anchor or Patreon. Let us know that you love us, or at the very least you feel sorry for us, and you you might even want to just pay to shut us up. We're not going to, but you can pretend. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to cost more, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that said, we are all done here. There is only one way we say goodbye. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Just slap it